0: I'm Jamie Gennaro, and this is Business for Humans. Let's talk about taking your business to a new level without the suits and without being a robot. Here, you can be yourself, you can be imperfect, you can be flawed, and you can still have raging success. So let's go. Okay, here we are. I am going to talk today about Show. (laughs) I do this sometimes. I get inspired by art and then I bring it to the table here. So The Bear, Season Two. Extremely good example of leadership. So I want to talk you through it. And you if you haven't seen it, this is spoiler alert. And if you have seen it, this might make you want to go back and watch at least a couple key episodes again. I am not getting sponsored by whoever puts out the show. I was just really, really incredibly inspired by how subtle the leadership piece is in this show and how effective it is. So the premise of this show is a chef, a Michelin starred chef who comes from a very highly skilled, trained background, and he wants to open up his own restaurant. In season two, he's opening his own restaurant. And he doesn't... So basically, he in season one, he ran a restaurant that was previously owned by his brother. It was kind of a like a sandwich shop. It was pretty like low-end sandwich shop. And instead of going, okay, now I'm going to start a high-end restaurant and I'm just going to slash and burn and start over and hire sky, highly skilled chefs, The first decision he made, which he never, nobody ever explicitly talks about it. It's just everything in this is implied. He basically brings the team from the sandwich shop with him and then decides to train them. So two of the people who were basically prep cooks, he sends to to culinary school and he pays them an hourly wage for them to go to culinary school. Another guy, he sends to one of the best restaurants in the world where this chef, the owner of the restaurant, worked previously. He sends a guy who doesn't really have a lot of skills and can't figure out his place in the ecosystem of the sandwich shop. But the owner, his name is Carmi. (laughs) Carmi really believes in this guy. So he sends him to this restaurant and the guy can't figure out why he's getting sent there, he thinks it's a punishment. This is a very interesting part to leadership that I want to circle back to. He thinks it's punishment because he goes to this restaurant and he has to clean forks. But eventually he moves up into helping assist the people that are managing the floor. So not wait staff, but the people who are basically listening in, tuning into what the customers might need, the above and beyond level of service that 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 type of restaurant has to offer its customers. So he gets basically trained in that process of of delivering an ex an excellent experience to the restaurant patrons. Okay. The moment where I felt most inspired by this leadership piece was when this guy who felt at first like he was being punished has a moment where it all clicks for him, where he sees where he fits, where he sees how good he is with people and how that's the role that he should be playing. He couldn't figure it out before. He was trying to, he was fumbling around trying to make himself useful and he was not fitting in effectively to the team. And in this moment, he's driving home from work when he was very hostile towards that job previously, having to clean the forks. He's driving home and he's listening to Taylor Swift (laughs) and he's singing at the top of his lungs and he is so inspired and happy To have finally found the thing, the place where he belonged. And in that moment, I was like, that is fucking good leadership. Why? Because the owner of the restaurant, Carmi, saw potential in this guy that he didn't see himself. He saw him already in this potential role of being customer service oriented he could see the sparks and he knew that he wasn't going to be able to get him there because of whatever happens in their relationship. But getting him to this place and having the opportunity to see this part of the business, there was an inkling in the leader to send his employee to this place to get that level of training and so that he could connect those dots. This is good leadership. It's two things. It's not trying to be everything. Okay? So the owner of the restaurant wasn't trying to be the best head of the best head of customer service. He wasn't trying to be the best prep cook. He wasn't trying to be the best marketing person or the best contractor. He was putting people in those positions and then elevating them when they didn't see their own potential. There's another really key moment where one of the people he sends to culinary school, one of the prep cooks who's going to become a sous chef, he gives her his knife. So she asks, she says, you know, I forgot my knife. I need to go to school. I need a knife. He's at the top of the food chain. And he said, you know what? Take my knife. And just having his knife is his belief, Right. He believes in her so much that he's like, take my knife. This knife represents discipline, talent, skill. And he believes she has all those things. And she doesn't know that until he gives her the knife. She comes back the next day and she says, oh, chef, you know, I need to return your knife. And he says, I love the sign. I don't remember asking for it. There are these little moments where you can just see the glimmer in her eye. You can see that somebody believes in her and it and it reignites her own passion. And again, it's not a leader going in and doing the job for her. It's someone saying, I believe in you. I'm going to give you this extra training because I believe that you deserve it, that maybe you didn't have the chance for this before. I believe in you and I'm not going to take this away from you. I just love that. So then the next person he sends, it's a it's someone who's never had experience making desserts, but it's a guy who like fumbled his way through learning how to make desserts at the sandwich shop. He sends him to Copenhagen again to one of the top tier restaurants and he says go there and come back with three unique desserts. Again, he doesn't ma- he doesn't try to teach the guy himself. Okay, he's not a dessert chef. He also doesn't try to educate himself to be the best dessert chef. He knows this guy has potential and he sends him to get the training. The biggest mistake that business owners and leaders make is thinking that they do it better. If you're not a dessert chef, you are not gonna do it better. If you're not a sous chef, you're not going to do it better. If you're not a contractor who's built out restaurants before, you're not going to do it better. He brought in a project manager to manage the construction. He elevated two of his team members to be the heads of customer service, and he sent them away to get training. He elevated his dessert guy to be a chef and to go get the training he needed, and also to have like an inspiration trip. These were intentional choices that he made, which he never discusses with anyone. The other thing that he does is that when one of those people has an issue and they're in the middle of, let's say, a meltdown, and he's in the middle of a meltdown because he's trying to get all his work done, never once in the entire show does he say, I don't have time for you. Never once in the entire show. Does he say that? This is a really important moment in a leadership's life as well. Your team is everything. Your team is your foundation. Your team is the building block for your success. For the for and not just your success, I mean the businesses accept success. It it relies on your team being highly skilled in their what is it called? Subject matter, right? They're subject matter experts. You've elevated them. You believe in them. You're letting them take the reins. You're giving them the training they need and you are not providing that training. P.S. You are not good at everything. I'm sorry, (laughs) but what you need is training, right? You need training to understand your own lane and you need to let people inhabit their lanes in their way. And the only way they're going to do it really fully is when they know that you believe in them, that you trust them, that you believe in them, that even if they mess up, even if they make a mistake, you still have their back. You have belief. This is huge. I love this show for this example of very subtle but very effective leadership. This is not about this guy having meeting after meeting after meeting with his team, trying to explain why, trying to explain the, the reasons why he's making all these choices. He doesn't have to. Guess what? He's the boss. He doesn't have to explain it. And in fact, when the one guy was cleaning forks and he felt like it was a punishment, he didn't. there was no opportunity to explain. And uh, the guy came around eventually, right? The guy connected the dots himself. The guy who was cleaning the forks understood why he was there. And also, one of the people that worked at that restaurant where he was cleaning forks told him, hey, Carmi believes in you. And he didn't believe it. He said, well, what makes you think that? And they said, because he told us. You need to be talking about your team bragging about your team, talking about them behind their their backs in a way that when they get a glimmer of what you're saying behind their backs, it's going to propel them even further. It's going to make them believe that even more because you're not saying it to their face, you're saying it to people around them in the ecosystem, people you respect. So one of the people that said that to him was the head chef of the restaurant she's a boss. (laughs) She doesn't have time to like pander to people's needs. She's busy. And she told him, hey, Carmi believes in you. And that on its own was a level up because now this head chef, a really renowned person in her industry says this to him. And she says, you know what? He's right. I see it. I see it. You have a lot of potential. You're really good with people. Boom. Do you know how successful that guy is going to be? And you see it. He really rises to the occasion. So the most interesting thing in this dynamic is that good leaders don't even know the how, the power of what they're doing all the time. They don't understand actually the power when they make these decisions to uplevel their people. Some people do, right? I mean, that's What I do, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I do it on purpose. Some people do it on accident. They just, they believe, right? They have this belief in people. They just believe in the good of people, that people rise to the occasion if given the chance. Sometimes they do it on accident. And I think what's interesting in this dynamic of this show as well is that the, the main chef, this guy, Carmi, does all of this preparation for the launch of the restaurant. And and what I mean by preparation is getting his people ready. And in the meantime, he wasn't really focused on his own direction where he belonged. So what's interesting is he got his people to fill all the gaps and then he got locked in the freezer. And I just love this moment too, because what happens when the main guy, who's the boss, who's used to telling everybody what to do, what happens when he's removed from the equation? everybody levels up. Everybody's like, okay, we've been trained for this moment. We're all going to step into the place where it might be like one step higher than where we're used to being, but we're going to get into that place and we know we can because guess what? We just spent the last six months preparing for this. And what's interesting is he's in the freezer beating himself up. This is such a classic leadership thing to do because he's like, I failed you guys. I wasn't there. I wasn't in the weeds. I wasn't there in the weeds with you, like fighting the battle, and therefore I failed you. Every leader, please listen. If you are a business owner, let me tell you that when you remove yourself from the equation, when you've done all that preparatory work, it is a beautiful thing, actually, to watch your team step into your shoes. It is one of the most powerful, impacting. Team building moments when you're not there manning the symphony, or what is it called? (laughs) If you run a symphony, you're not there calling the shots, which means they have to step into that role and they have to call their own shots. And it and when you watch it happen, when you see the magic in a team, when they're like, we know what we need to do, we're all in this together, we're gonna run this race and we're gonna win. We're not going to let anything stop us. It is so beautiful. And if you're not giving your team a chance to do that, you need to. And please understand, it doesn't mean you failed them. It means you prepared them when you watch them do that. Now, listen, they might flail. So of course, in a TV show, you're going to watch these people step, in, step up and elevate themselves. And of course, the music is building and you get to see them win and you and you're rooting for them over 10 episodes so of course you need that in a show right you need to watch them win what i want you to know as a leader is they might flail in that moment and i think that's a harsh word but they might make mistakes but what they're going to learn from stepping into those roles it trumps whatever mistakes they're going to make because they're, they're learning how to problem solve on the fly. And they're getting the ability to make the decisions on their own without needing your approval, without asking your permission. Please give your team a chance for this. It's a, I, I, really, I really need to emphasize this a lot because I have leaders who are holding really tightly to the reins and they really do feel that I'm failing you. They feel that really deep. And I want to just encourage you to understand that it's a lot like parenting. You get your kids ready and then you let them fly. And when you watch them fly and, and really like own all this, I'm like about to cry. <laughs> but when you watch them like just growing in all the ways that you've prepared them for and you get to see them own that. All the mistakes that they make don't matter because the foundation is there. The foundation is solid. In the very beginning, one of the the partner of this guy, Carmi, she has to step up and into this role and she's about to have a panic attack. It's coming on. The stress is building. And what does she do in that moment? She steps into a leadership role. She takes a deep breath and she starts delegating tasks to everyone. And one of the tasks is the job that she was she had been doing the whole night, which was basically like calling the shots. And she put someone, the fork cleaner, <laughs> into that role of calling the shots. So what did that do? He was so ready for it. He was so ready for it. And it gave him a lot of confidence. Now a second person believes in him and sees his potential. And she took a step back which is also fantastic leadership, not thinking thinking that you should always be the one calling the shots. Let your team call the shots. Let your team make decisions and problem solve without your permission. It's so interesting to me how many leaders have a really hard time with this. It's, a, it's really um, debilitating to your team when you don't let them elevate in that way. Because what I can tell you is the scene before Carmi gets locked in the freezer, he is having a breakdown. He's not the best person for the job in that moment. He's not. He's not ready emotionally. But he's such a fantastic leader that he prepared his people. He prepared them. They were ready because he did all the right things leading up to that moment. And in that moment, he couldn't hack it, but that's okay. That is okay. He gets to make mistakes too. And he made a mistake. And guess what? When you look at everything he did right, it doesn't matter. It actually needed to happen that way. He needed to get locked in the freezer to get out of his team's way. Sometimes I really wish I could lock (laughs) leaders in a freezer. And I mean that with the best of intention and humor. Like sometimes they need to be forced out. And it's it's really important. It's an important moment and it doesn't mean you're failing. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's the exact right thing to do to let your team shine, to let them elevate, to let them get to that place. So if you have seen this show and you want a little revamp, I just Recommend, I don't know which episode it is, but I recommend re watching the episode where um, the guy is coming back from the restaurant where he's cleaning forks after a really inspiring night and he's listening to Taylor Swift. To me, that moment is the climax of the show. It's the pinnacle moment where you realize what's happening. You realize that this leader has seen these sparks of potential in all his people that they haven't been able to see themselves. And when you see them embracing the belief he has in them and elevating to this really beautiful place and where they are, it's just inspiring. It is so inspiring. So I know it's kind of funny that I'm using a show and talking really deeply about this show to represent leadership, but it's such a fantastic metaphor. And I think really helps you see how every component works so well together, right? Each individual is growing their skill set. And what really matters is when they come back together as a team, when they all get to see and and experience the fruits of the labor that they had put in as individuals. And then they come back and it's an amazing orchestra. It's a beautiful thing. This is why your team comes to work every day. It's for those moments. 100% is for those moments because there's a lot of shit they have to deal with. And it's those moments where they problem solve as a team and they win. And they that's what they thrive on. Let them have it. They'll be with you for life if you believe in them and help them elevate and give them the tools to elevate. And sometimes that might even be learning and development. Embrace that belief and go lock yourself in a freezer. (laughs) Or like what I like to tell my clients is, go on vacation and plan it really well with your team so that they know so they can prep and take like a healthy amount of time off. I recommend to my clients that are in these leadership positions, like the locking in the freezer moment is like at least three weeks, three to four weeks. One of my clients who was in deep burnout was a little bit, you know, standing in the way of, of the team's elevation, I recommended that client take six weeks off. Because I think it, I just really believed that she needed it to recover and to heal. And her team needed to really be able to step into those places of growth and elevate and work together as a team. And sometimes it takes a little bit more time for them to get there. And if, especially if they haven't really been prepping for that moment. So they need time to develop that and then to be able to have the chance to step into that moment. So you're not a failure if you get out of the way. It's actually the best thing you can do for your team. So I hope that's helpful. Go back and watch season two. I was so incredibly inspired and I just really adore (laughs) the writing of that show too. I mean, the writing is just phenomenal every character is so well tuned and their dialogue is just so rich and individual it's not a dialogue that you you don't start to hear the same even tone of voice or the way or phrasing it's the it's just rich it's so great um, so anyway go take a, a look and let me know what you think you know drop a few comments in here i'm super curious like do you Do you see the things that I see? (laughs) All right. I'll leave it at that. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Business for Humans. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please leave a review so that other business owners can find the show. Learn more at practica.consulting.